everyone. I'm Lana. Joining me is the lovely, lively Polly St. George from Canada. All of us can see that liberalism is a cult, but they sure can't see it. One word, projection. We're going to talk all about it, so stick around. Welcome, Polly. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting. So you're new to a lot of our audience. I think we need (laughs) just a quick introduction into who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I... I basically have a YouTube channel where I put out videos about the things that drive me crazy, mostly. Um, I started out vlogging or making videos mostly about narcissism because I had, uh, it was sort of an epiphany that I noticed this pattern happening and I wanted to talk about it um, and sort of get, get, just get it off my chest, I guess. It was about sort of a healing experience because I had left a group where I felt it was very, narcissistic and there were scapegoats and there were golden children and there was a false narrative. And once I sort of cottoned on to why certain people were always being blamed for things, uh, I, I noticed this pattern happening in the wider society. So I wanted to make videos sort of guiding people from the personal sort of experience of narcissism to the social cultural experience of narcissism. And that's where I started. And, um, yeah, I feel like over the last two years, I've learned a lot and I'm I'm ready to kind of label progressivism as a cult at this point, because oh, yeah. a cult, yeah, it, it encompasses that narcissistic dynamic, but on a bigger group level. And that's where I'm at right now. I think it's so important. I've been saying this joking around for a long time. Liberalism is a cult. They've joined this wacky church and they're just lost in this frenzy and they're just so far gone from reality. But the sad truth is when you look at some of the points of what constitutes a cult, which we will, we find a lot of par- lot of parallels. It's actually quite scary. So we're going to talk about the eight criteria for thought reform it was put forward by Robert Lifton. Some people know he is. He's a man who specialized in what he calls dangerous groups, which we were calling cults. And uh, yeah. he studied mind control and brainwashing, an area that Henrik and I have been interested for a long time actually, that kind of found us into this one route, how we came into discover the anti-white agenda actually is through studying programming and mind controls and cults. Oh, really? But one huge disclaimer that we have to make about Robert Lifton, <laughs> he is anti-Trump and he called Trump the, uh, you know, calls him dangerous. So that was a big foul. He's also, you know, cried Nazi many times. He does have Jewish heritage, but nonetheless, He does have some good points. It presents, you know, a valid case, but he just needs to apply these same principles to leftism. Well, we are today. And actually, I think that a lot of the evil geniuses on the left have applied some of these exact same principles, and that's why we're in this mess. So I think it's going to be fun kind of going through their points because it almost feels like he's put together like a leftist playbook, whether he's conscious of it or not, in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. and it's interesting because I did look up Robert Lifton's opinion on Trump probably back last year after Trump got elected because I thought, oh, maybe this guy will see through it, you know, because he wrote the book and he (laughs) should be able to see. But it was, uh, I got to tell you, it was really deflating to hear him be so vehemently anti-Trump and to hear him project everything that sort of, I would say, his side is guilty of onto Trump and the the followers and fans and voters of Trump. In fact, it really bothers me when people say the followers of Trump in the first place because they're just voters. They're people who voted for Trump. It's mm. like an entirely different thing, but they are totalitarians, I argue. Oh, so yeah. for them, everything reflects back onto this grand narrative. And if if they're totalists, they think everybody else is a totalist, <laughs> you know? 
But we're going to break this down just point by point because there's just so much. And someone has needed to do this for a long time. And I'm so glad I found you, Polly, because I've been looking for a guest. And there's a lot of psychologists that, I, you know, I've reached out to. But they're all liberals, right? So they apply what? a lot of these points. And they think that we're the ones in a cult, which is just yes. so typical of being in a cult, right? It's just funny. I know. And it is. It's like, you know, you're in a cult. No, you're in a cult. Yeah. And I, I do. I am conscious of the fact that... Um, you know, I try to check myself. Am I in a cult? <laughs> Is just wanting the traditional family and uh, no. the rule of law and voting for a man who promises. Well, I didn't vote for him. I'm Canadian, actually. Um, but I, I feel like I'm American in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm so looking to that country to pu- put the world right. Well, here's a big difference with us. We're not afraid of debate. We explore everything. We put everything on the table. We mm-hmm. we welcome being challenged. So th- the liberals are the ones who don't. And that is a, a symptom of being in a cult. You did a video called False Narratives, Trump versus the cult, exploring a bit of this. So I think that we should just get into it. And you have, okay. as a first point, the absolute necessity of the false narrative to the functioning of a cult. So let's get into that first point. Okay, well, my argument just really in brief is that basically the world, whether we like it or not, is made up of a million mini narratives. Even your workplace has a narrative. Your family has a narrative. And so there's there's bad narratives and there's good narratives. And to put it really simply, the bad narratives are not true or they're based on something that's unattainable. And when I look at the progressive doctrine, I'm going to just use that word, even though they kind of refuse to write it down. Um most of those things are not true or not attainable and they're they're enforced with all of these things that we're going to go through in a minute just to to reflect back it's the only way they can hold on to the narrative because they don't have truth on their side mm-hmm. at all yeah exactly and it's we should make a difference you to uh, a point to clarify you know like you you gave me an analogy the boy scouts what is their narrative mm. versus like the cults right maybe you can explain a little bit about of that. Okay. Well, yes. Okay. So what I had written to you was the Boy Scouts are an organization dedicated to training boys and the skills that they need for survival. And we can look at the Boy Scouts and we can see that's exactly what's happening. So when Boy Scouts go there and they go there for only a limited time in, in their week, then they come home and they live a, a, a different life. They're not always being judged by the Boy Scout organization and everything <laughs> that they do. So that would be like the difference between a normal organization with a narrative that they pursue and a cult organization where it haunts you in, in, you know, you have no private time. You're always being judged by the standards of the cult. And to me, that's progressivism, especially with social media. Uh, they need constant virtue signaling, whereas the Boy Scouts don't need you to wear your sash everywhere you go, I think. <laughs> yeah, and they're also based in something tangible and real. They go out in the woods and they chop wood and they build tents, you know. The yeah. cult is very ideological, just it gets it can get really spooky. But point. yeah, you mentioned narratives. Everything is everyone has a narrative, everyone is driven by a narrative. And for progressives, I would say, and you agreed with this too, their narrative is that white people are to blame for all the world's problems, it's racism, yes. it's white privilege, it's slavery a hundred years ago uh if white countries didn't exist then there would just be world peace right yeah more or less that's what i hear from them anyway i did an interesting experiment on twitter a while ago where i made i think it was about a 10 point progressive doctrine thing and it said stuff like climate change is man or climate is changing because of man and taxes can fix it and there is no such thing as biological gender and yada all the way down you know, the sort of things that they say. And they would not, all I did was say, 
true or false to these points. And they won't commit. They won't even commit. Yeah. They don't want to be pinned down because then you can get like you can argue with them. They yeah. don't want to argue with you. They just want you to believe it. Yeah, exactly. Right? They are not about arguing. Now, I say we should just get into the the eight points here. The first one, milieu control. What can you tell okay. us about that one? Well, milieu control to me is basically how the cult will first introduce its principles to the people they want to indoctrinate and keep them segregated long enough that that the the thought reform process has truly begun. When see the thing between the progressive cult, the difference between it and how we traditionally think of cults is that we traditionally think of cults as having to have a compound or somewhere where they can segregate their members. But obviously progressives don't have that so much. What I think they have is the first year university where a lot of kids, more and more of them, are going and living on campus. And they have um, 24-7 sort of indoctrination at that point, especially during the orientation week, which we'll maybe we'll get into with the other points. Um, and also the ubiquity of cell phones. People have them on them 24-7. They're constantly checking them. And that serves as a constant reinforcement of the, you know, keeping people in line, mm. giving them a chance to virtue signal, giving them a chance to stalk and mob the people who, you know, go off book, in my opinion. So that's milieu control, in my opinion. I would also add, too, there that it's about, uh, as uh, Robert mentions, that it's a filtering or control of information. And mm. it's scary when the, the cult is in control of big tech, because that's essentially what's happened, happened right? Yes. So banning censorship of people who oppose them. You have Hollywood. You have all entertainment avenues, all the media. It's basically run by people who are in a cult. And they're trying to isolate people from hearing the truth, from hearing other points of views, because it might you know, wake up some of the cult members from their mind control. Because at the end of the day, truth is wild and free. It, it's fearless. It, it doesn't need a doctrine or an ideology. It's really plain yeah. to see. And I think that's why they live in fear of us, because we can unravel a lot of their false narratives. And it's just too much for them to handle. Absolutely. And I mean, it only takes a tiny crack in that narrative for all the light to come in. And once people wake up, they can't go back to sleep. That's 90% of the time. And so it is essential for the cult to keep out, like you say, filter things like memes, especially they hate that because that's yeah. almost like a symbol. It transcends the need to have a debate about it. It shows you right there in a tiny little one second blob of communication. Look, here's the crack in your narrative. And they, they hate that. I know. It's, it's fun <laughs> to watch them scream, though. Yeah. Now, number two on this was mystical manipulation. Uh, let us let me read the point here. There is manipulation of experiences that appear spontaneous, but in fact were planned and orchestrated by the group or its leaders in order to demonstrate divine authority. Let's get into that one. Okay. I find that one kind of the hardest to translate because it, Robert Lifton and most writers on cults are talking about an organization in it that's quasi-religious and it does have a written dogma, right? And a, and a powerful being that it references. I mean, even Scientology has Xenu and, you know, all these crazy things. But the progressives is sort of more abstract. Whereas if you think of something like their climate change argument, it would be that they're atheists, first of all. I have to say most mm. progressives are atheists. Uh, so they will say man is the ultimate um, authority. We are the ultimate being. Therefore, we're responsible for the weather. Therefore, if the climate is changing, it, we have to change our behavior in order to influence the climate, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. example. 
Um, another incident of mystical manipulation, I would say, is how they are. They, when a jihadi attack happens, let's say, the normal person's response would be to get mad at the jihadis mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, say, oh, this is a problem. We have to look at this. But the progressive cult response seems to be you're making them mad. So if you just stop making them mad and stop being afraid of them, they will stop doing things to make you afraid of them. It's yeah. completely backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, definitely you don't need to believe in a God to have a religion or to be a cult because ideas no. can become people's God. And I mean, yes. they really do worship on the altar of diversity and multiculturalism and anti-racism. I would mm. add some things to mystical manipulation. A lot of the fake hate crimes to justify their ideologies, to oh, justify their existence. Oh, that's a great one. Like SPLC, they're literally in the business of manufacturing hate. They have to keep yeah. people believing there's this threat of race, this big bad devil here called racism, right? You're right, And yes. they also even literally have staged actors, protesters mm -hmm. on both sides to try and mm -hmm. keep this jig up. Uh, I would also add revisionist history. They mess with a lot of history, whether it's, uh, you know, they want to rewrite the past about communism or whether it's World War II, slavery, Confederates, anything. I mean, that's that's a huge part of their doctrine in order to keep people in the cults. Uh, last, I would say there's a, an elitism. You do find that with some religious mm. organizations, the self-righteous kind of piousness. They think that they're fulfilling kind of some divine purpose in their liberal, you know, anti-white crusade doing God's work. And they've literally become... And I know a lot of people have already said this, but it's so true. The puritanical church ladies, like Jim mm -hmm. Goad says, they're the Inquisition ready to, you know, burn the witches at the stake for disagreeing. Oh, you know? yes, they are. Yeah. And and you could think about Donald Trump maybe being the final arrival of their Antichrist figure in, exactly. their, in their mysticism, maybe. Yeah, I know. You know, but but here's the thing, too. When a, a thing starts out as a mystical, you know, holy religious experience for them, it, it quickly turns into abuse and manipulation, I find, because now liberals are even picking on each other and flogging each other and who's more liberal and who's more self-hating and who's surrendering to, you know, pox demands. I mean, it's outrageous. I totally see it, too. And that's a perfect segue into point number three in Lifton's uh, thought reform, which is the the demand for purity. Uh, like you say, they're testing each other all the time. Someone tells a joke they don't like or or misspeaks even or supports supports the wrong person and it, that, that they'll go into this uh, mob attack demanding that this person repent, take it back, disavow. You know, they have all these bizarre, really religious sounding uh, words they use when they, they go on about disavowing. You know, um, I just watched... I can't remember if this is the one that I wanted to talk about. Chris Cuomo of CNN. Is it he on CNN? I'm not sure if he is. Well, uh, let me back up a little bit. Okay. On the weekend, there was that Charlottesville thing yep. again. Yep. And it was mostly just Antifa that showed up this year, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. And they beat up a couple of reporters from NBC, I think. That's right. So it was big time this time. And you'd think they would wake up. You'd think they would get it. But they didn't. Um, they got in trouble for re reporters got in trouble for reporting that Antifa beat up some reporters. That's exactly it. That's exactly right. So Chris, Chris Cuomo goes on on and repents for on behalf of everybody saying, well, you know, violence is wrong. But and he did it again. He apologized for Antifa, even though it was his own people that got uh, injured in this case, got yeah. attacked. It's astounding how far this is going. Yeah, I find, too, speaking of their demand for purity, it, it really 
they're always inadequate, though. It just keeps them in this perpetual cycle of, you know, trying harder and they never quite quite reach the goals. It's unattainable. You know, for instance, they go against really human nature and the nature to love and prefer your own people, the nature to kind of let loose and call it as you see it about gender and race and multiculturalism. Basically, there's no escape from the group just constantly judging you. You're right. There is no escape. And one of the perfect examples, I think, is that young girl who wore a Xiong Sam, a red oriental dress for her prom. And she she looked really beautiful. And she posted a picture of herself. I think I don't know. She was 16 or 17. And the entirety of Twitter adults, adult human beings <laughs> piled on this girl for cultural appropriation. Right. And they wanted her to repent. I don't even know what they wanted from her. They just wanted a shaming session. They're 15 minutes of hate. That's all they wanted. (laughs) She impressed me, though. She didn't uh, at 16 years old. She did not buckle under to their pressure, which was really good. Mm, Yeah, it's it's just absurd. I mean, if they keep up with these kind of purity spirals, what happens is that they basically start to severely limit the vast array of behaviors that people are normally allowed to express. You know, telling jokes, you know, is absolute off limits. You can't say this. You can't say that. Everything's, you know, off limits. You can't like these people. You have to hate these people. Everything offends. I mean, it's just ridiculous, except when they're pushing, you know, dildos on second graders. Then that's that's okay, you know. The double standards are (laughs) outrageous. Yeah, it doesn't apply to them. No. Yeah. They are shrinking their world. They hate comedy. They hate comedy. <laughs> because it's effective. I notice they keep trying to yeah. silence all those people that are have like humor channels and stuff. Yeah. 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 But here's the thing. It's like the cookie jar syndrome, though. The more you try and censor and ban and tell people this is bad, stay away from it. It's like telling a kid, you know, this is bad. Don't eat this chocolate. Then they're just going to want to eat that chocolate and check it out. You know? Yes, right? that's true. And I do have high hopes for the younger generation. My daughter is like the the first year of the generation after the millennials, what are, do you know what they're called? I don't even know what they're called, but I don't know, actually. Uh, hmm. Well, so she just she has a lot of millennial attitudes or she did. She's growing out of them now. But I think the younger kids are like you say, they're going to be like, well, what's this conservatism all about? <laughs> what's so good about traditional lifestyles that I got to check this out because mm-hmm. it's becoming a taboo. I mean, it is yeah. a taboo. Already. It, it is a counterculture. It's amazing. Yeah. Just liking white, just liking white people is a counterculture. That's just insane. Yes. You know? It is insane. Gosh. I can hardly believe where we are. And then it scares me. What, what scares that these same liberals, most of them were atheists, they're always Christian bashing, you know, oh, look at mm. them and put, making fun of them in TV shows for their doctrine or their choices. But they're the ones, they're actually way worse than Christians. I mean, with their liberal crusades and their witch oh. hunts and stuff. I mean, Christians today are just not like that. It's, it's coming from the, the leftist side. Exactly. I mean, imagine if uh, imagine if Christians had a television station, evangelical Christians had a television station and every single show had scripture in it and they were beating you over the head with, uh, you know, whatever. One of the Ten Commandments. That's how progressive that's how all of Hollywood is now. I hate even trying to watch the new shows. I'm always scared that I'm going to end up being lectured to. And I'm like, oh, no, here comes a trans person again. And we're going to have to, you know, (laughs) click. (laughs) I can't stand it. I know. I just, I don't watch it. I don't know how people pay for Netflix and all that garbage. Like, I just, no, I just want nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah. Like being at church, but a warped Luciferian church. Yeah, exactly. Forget it. (laughs) So number four, I thought this was good. Um, Confession. So sins is defined by the group are to be confessed. Let's, let's talk about that. Cause it makes me think of 
white guilt, white privilege, racism, right? It's always white people having to confess for something that bad that they've done, right? Well, definitely. I think a good illustration of that is um, what I've heard reported to reported by students who have just come out of their first year or orientation at universities. And they describe experiences of being taken into, you know, gymnasiums and stood in a circle and sort of almost ranked by their purity. Um, you know, the white male heterosexual is the absolute bottom of the mm. barrel. And there's incidences where the white male heterosexuals don't even get to speak uh, in these groups. And it, basically they're, they're, they're asked to acknowledge the privileges that they've had over the course of and and sort of say how they're going to make up for it and it's just sick it's sick yeah and it's it's an act of surrender that's what they want you to do by this this confession open up and confess to crimes that basically you haven't even committed these are just artificially induced sins but people who do this are really they're easily guilted and shamed which is um you know Two big aspects of being a white liberal is you have to have lots of guilt and shame, right? But once yes. you, once you're in that place, you're easy to control and you're easy to dominate. And that's what I think the uh, elitist or whoever's in charge who don't like white people, like they love when white liberals feel all this guilt and shame because they can manipulate and control them. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, they're like the priests, you know, the uh, people asking you to confess are like the priests and then they'll tell you your penance and you will go do it. And if that means, uh, you know, attending rallies to stand in solidarity with things you never thought you would ever stand in solidarity with in your entire life, well, then you'll do it to show them to beg their forgiveness, to be absolved. Yeah, I think confession is one of the most insidious parts of the progressive cult is to automatically give you this original sin. You were born this way. <laughs> you have to make up for it. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I feel, too, it's also about uh, total exposure and making a lot of people feel vulnerable to the point where their mind is no longer theirs. They just surrender to the group and they just don't even think for themselves anymore. Like they're automatically a part of this collective kind of Borg type of situation. Yes, absolutely. It's it's like a helplessness. Like um, I talked in one of my videos about a CIA mind control technique. Mm -hmm. well, it's not really mind control. It's a, it's to get people to confess, actually, ironically. Mm -hmm. um, it's called the Alice in Wonderland technique. And basically it involves throwing so much uh, nonsense at the interrogatee. And usually there's more than one person doing it and they'll have these nonsense conversations and the poor normal person is sitting there thinking their mind starts to go, am I crazy? Because mm -hmm. yeah. they seem to know what each other are talking about, but I have no idea. It makes no sense to me. And the natural human response is to, um, you know, you're outnumbered. So you say, okay, it must be me. I'm not fully understanding it. I'm going to just please these people so that I stop feeling so conflicted, you know? Ugh, yeah, I know that the CIA has a lot of experiments and done all kinds of uh, crazy things, oh, yes. even with LSD. And we covered a lot of that stuff in early days of Red Ice. You know, people want to deny some of that. But no, there's a, there's a lot of those kind of secret military ops going on. And I think that Absolutely. some of the evil geniuses in charge of society who want to guide it a certain way, they're well cl clued in on psychology and some of these principles of mass manipulation and uh, I think a lot of liberals are very clued in on on this as well you know oh definitely it seems like a just a big giant mind control program when I look at it it all the media the education system they're doing exactly the playbook of what we learned from the CIA MKUltra programs yeah. minus the actual physical torture but all the psychological torture elements are there yeah it's, yeah 
The other thing I noticed, too, and I don't know how this plays in uh, psychology-wise, that some liberals, they kind of get off on this superficial mm. purge and and just kind of vomiting their emotions and feelings out and, mm. and being sad and guilty and, and repentant. Do you know what goes on there? Why? Why they feel that way? I would just assume that they're, they're kept in this state of arrested development, right, where they um, they've given over their whole self to the the doctrine. So it's like a religious, you know, when in Baptist churches, the really extreme ones, and they have those like the holy rollers and things like that. Yeah, I think it feels like an ecstatic experience uh, to them because they can't manufacture their own ecstatic experiences outside of the dogma of the cult. So it's only when an extreme event happens that fits the dogma of the cult that they can let everything out. You know, all other emotions are kind of off the table for them. Mm. So I, th- I think it might have something to do with that. Like it's a stored up, pent up emotional uh, flood. Yeah. That they w- have to wait for their masters to say, okay, go <laughs> for it. Let them off their leash. You uh, know? I think too, what I've found with a lot of like hardcore leftists and liberals I've met, there are a lot of, un- just, just not trying to be mean, but a lot of mentally unhinged, like emotionally screwed up people that have had uh, hard troubled lives. And so they love being kind of in that victimhood place. They love being able to blame other people. I think that's the other aspect of it, that they've had really screwed up lives. There's a lot of unstable people drawn to groups like Antifa. And I think it's for a reason because those movements are really unhinged as well. Yeah, it it could be that. Um, it could be that they've been sold the idea that um, saying you've had a screwed up life is currency. Yeah, you know, like exactly. oh, I'm such a victim. I've I had my parents were divorced, or I was beaten up as a kid, or whatever. Which are are bad things. Don't yeah, get me wrong. But a lot of us went through it, and a lot of us didn't turn into antifa. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, jeez, I know yeah. it's outrageous. So number five, uh, sacred science. The group's doctrine or ideology is considered to be the ultimate truth, and we know lefties love their science, right? Right. Like uh, race doesn't exist. We're all the same. No, no uh, differences between the sexes gender is fluid everyone's really gay i mean this is like examples of lefty <laughs> everyone's really gay. yeah lefty that, yeah. lefty science right yeah <laughs> well nothing offends me more because i really love science i i am myself i'm an artist but um i view science as an art when you're truly pursuing the truth and experimenting and taking where the 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 truth leads you and lefties have changed it to i don't know what even to call it it's they call it consensus which really scares me. So basically, if a bunch of people agree to something, it's now truth. Uh, the empirical method they seem to yeah. do, they seem it's, to reject the empirical. That is really scary. Yeah, and it's they very and they scary. do that kind of thing on on Facebook and other places now, where everyone rates if it's true a truthful oh. post or not. And it's like, what? oh my, yeah, well, it's see, not there like, you go. It's not That's professional exactly fact right. checkers. It's not scientists. It's not historians. It's just a bunch of unhinged people voting. You know, people that don't know anything about anything. I've heard them say the phrase, and I can't remember where this was, but it was um, like on the news or something, that the truth is only what people agree on. Yeah. Like that that's the essence of the truth. I, they say that straight up with a straight face. And sometimes these people are professors and they're teaching the kids that. And I, I just think, where, where, where do we go from here? How much further do we have to go down? <sighs> oh. 
Yeah, one thing that drives me nuts is the the moral supremacy. I had a neighbor come over and try and, and confront me in my neighborhood, <laughs> uh, sitting on my couch, being, you know, this moral supremacist trying to, like, put me in my place or something. And she's a liberal, a Christian, a Christian liberal, which was very weird. I was like, okay, are you, you're okay with second graders, like, learning about anal sex and stuff, you know, because that's yeah. liberals. You're okay with these violent Antifa groups because that's liberals. Wow. Yeah, but it's just amazing how you cannot question their morality. It can't be questioned because what they believe, it almost like transcends logic or something. You know, like their ideas well, are just God and holy science. And you're the pseudoscientist if you don't believe what they believe, you know. It, it, that, it boggles my mind. I mean, I, I wish, and I've studied this a lot, and I can't figure out how they can especially the older ones, how they're rejecting the whole scientific method, the whole idea of empirical knowledge and rationalism. And uh, th they seem to have just given over completely to the idea that there is this thing called my truth. And that's all that matters. You know, 40-year-old women that I know, I've been friends 30 years, all of a sudden decide I'm, I am a racist and a homophobe and they cannot... Yeah. They cannot deal with me anymore. Where does this come from? Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It transcends logic. Their doctrine, and that's something we're going to get into. The doctrine is trumping the person. Like, you're a good person. You've been there their whole life. But nope, their doctrine says this. So exactly. you're a bad person. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. So this, <laughs> this is a good one. Number six, loading the language. The group interprets or uses words and phrases in new ways so that often the outside world does not understand. This jargon consists of thought-terminating cliches which serve to alter members' thought process to conform the group's way of thinking. Now, of course, this makes us think of, uh, as you had said, cisgender, toxic mm -hmm. masculinity, privilege, unconscious bias, equality, discrimination, anti-Semite, I mean, Holocaust. We could go through all Oh, of there's these. hundreds it's of them. Just, yeah. And they're the ones who use these loaded terms. It's true. And they're always saying that we are using dog whistles. I mean, the word dog whistle is one of their words. <laughs> they, they've come full circle around. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the words they've made meaningless, I would say, are racism and diversity. Those are two big ones. Uh, what do they even mean anymore? What's a racist anymore? If, if you can say white people are X, Y, Z, you're a racist. Mm -hmm. But Basically, what you're saying is white people are racist. So they've they've totally destroyed the meaning of the word racism. I don't care if I'm called racist anymore. I don't yeah, think for the next 50 years anybody will care if they're called no. racist because it's ruined. Yeah. Um, but I do think the lexicon is the, the largest within the whole biology sphere where they've got cisgender. They've got the word turf. Do you know what that is? Mm, I'm surprised I haven't heard that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when you're done with me, go look up the word turf. T-E-R-F. It's an acronym for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Ah, ah. Yeah. Makes my brain want to throw up. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's horrible. <gasps> and they, they call it this. The word came around because lesbians have said, I'm not uh, interested in your trans thing. And so they called lesbians who said that are trans exclusionary radical feminists. But you'll see if you look it up that it's just a word now that they use for people they want to punch. And oh they have God. shirts they sell that says punch a turf. Um, oh well, it's well, yeah. on the plus side, at least they're punching each other. You know, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think like someone like me could easily get caught in the middle of that, though. <laughs> They've expanded the purview now. 
Oh, geez. Well, as we know, we've been saying this forever, that they shout racist whenever they just want to shut down debate. Because liberalism, oh, yeah. it really is the, the language, these loaded words they use, is the language of non-thought. It's deprived. Yes. It's narrow. It's just this mumbo-jumbo jargon. You know? And meanwhile, we can go off on these like huge, elaborate explanations, you know, people on the right. We can give, prove liberals wrong 10 ways to Sunday, and they'll still just say, racist. Like that's yep. it. They they don't even debate. I mean, that's how far the the brainwashing has gone. Yes, and it's scary. And that is what made me think originally this is a cult because normal humans, I mean, like I'm 47 years old. Nor even when you're very mad at someone all through my life, um they will they will have a point to come back at you yeah. with, you know? Well, what about this? They'll say or and it'll be on topic, but these people immediately shut down, just want to call you a name, a Nazi, uh, whatever, whatever they call you. And th that's it. That's good enough for them. They feel morally superior. They go off all pleased with themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was reading about, you know, brainwashing, programming people and language. Obviously, it's very important. You can't <laughs> brainwash someone without language. Uh, yeah. It needs to be highly reductive, Definitive sounding phrases, similar patterns, easily memorized, easily expressed, and it's the start and finish to any conversation. And that that is a lot of their little jargon words there. And it doesn't even matter if it's true. <laughs> That's why I think no. it's it's so great when um, a term like anti-white comes out because it almost is one of those ki quick phrases or other means like diversity means less white people. You know, and it almost mm. is battling back on that same level. And it is kind of funny when they they shut down when they hear those, you know. Yeah. Well, you have to sort of fight them on their on their own level. Like you said, you can't reason with them. They don't have the attention span, I don't think. Or you're going to for sure hit one of their landmine words where they just go off and their their brain shuts down. So like you say, if you can get a two or three word thing in there that really frazzles their brains, that's that's a good way to deprogram. Because, you know, if you study cult deprogramming, that's what you have to do methodically point by point, ask them to think about, well, does that make sense? Uh, mm -hmm. Have you looked at it this way? But these guys don't give us a chance because of the total tight milieu control that they've got. And, and that's what I'm saying. People like us, we do. We're always self-critiquing. We're judging each other's arguments. We're debating each other. We're, we're much better about that on the right. It's the left that just will not engage. They will not do it. And I think that their masters don't let them because they know that they will lose the argument. You know, anytime yes. I actually have a liberal where I can sit down and talk with, I just ask them simple questions and they just like, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to answer it. We've had a lot of practice, meanwhile, on the other side, arguing and sharpening some of our arguments and points and, and knowing what's, what's strong and what isn't. Whereas they just haven't had any practice with that at all, I noticed. Like, they cannot answer the most simplest questions. Like, when is it okay that we can finally have a border in a country? Like, how much immigration is okay before mm. we can say, like, enough? Could it be 10% white, 20% white? Like, what's the number here, you know? Yeah. No yeah. one could ever answer that. Nope, they don't even try. They've built the echo chamber and they just refer back to their heroes, you know, whoever they are, the late night television show hosts or whatever. And that is the extent of their argument. It, it would be interesting if this starts turning around, if someone could, say, have a mainstream television show where they did an honest debate between someone on the right and someone on the left. Mm -hmm. That would be a fascinating yeah. show. And maybe then, I mean, something like that could help us deprogram, maybe, if it was done right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they need to be exposed to the other side in a gentle way at first. 
I, I, I think, just don't see anyone doing it. No, I mean, we've tried. We've invited people, but they're like, no, no, no. And that's why now a lot of these Marxist professors and stuff they have, like, just don't debate Nazi, we're all Nazis, right? right? Just don't debate those Nazis. Just don't do right. it. And I think they they say that because they don't want to lose people in that process of, you know, when they're arguing, arguing and debating and then they realize, oh, wait a minute here. I don't know how strong my, some of my points are, right? I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And that's, I think, the utility of the chanting at the at the protests, because you'll often see video of uh, people on the conservative side, let's say, coming up and wanting to uh, debate. And it'll begin sometimes with the people on the left. And then some leader for, comes out of nowhere and is like, no, hey, da, 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 you know, and they, they interrupt the whole process so nobody can even hear themselves think. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so annoying. OK, well, we're all ready to seven doctrine over person. Members, personal experiences are subordinated to the sacred science and any contrary experiences must be denied or reinterpreted to fit the ideology of the group. Now, we we good, had a good example of this earlier with your friends who know you, but the doctrine is trumping you yourself as a person. So it's forget the human experience, forget the relationships you've had with this person. Uh, she believes this, therefore she is a racist, right? Yes, that's exactly right. That's a perfect description. They, um, the only thing that matters is that false narrative. And if something comes along, even something dangerous, like, um, like the notion of letting undocumented illegal immigrants into countries uh, who have criminal backgrounds, there's an obvious argument against that that everybody should be on board with, which is there's a lot of criminals coming up, and you personally could be at risk. Your kids could be at risk. And they don't care because the doctrine of allowing people in of this no borders thing exactly. is more important than their own kids, their own personal safety. It's gotten very extreme. Like we're we're full into doctrine over person now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's true. Yeah. You must become a minority in your own country, even if it means violence against you and your family. Like you right. say, never mind events in South Africa or the terrorist attacks yeah. or, you know, what's happening is some of these towns that are very diverse because white supremacy is wrong. OK, so you have to yeah. endure these things because yeah. doctrine says so. I mean, exactly. And that's that's um, I think I have that actually, like you just said, we have to endure it because every cult and every religion requires sacrifice, a sacrifice. <laughs> and we will literally sacrifice on the altar of this, um, whatever the dogma is, you know, like um, the other one I like to point out is letting trans women, I call them men in wigs, <laughs> into women's shelters where the, you know, women's rape crisis centers said that they're forcing women to bunk with men in wigs because of this doctrine. So they're really putting the woman's, like, it's not a woman's shelter anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's basically like, uh, just you might as well sleep on the street because the doctrine says men in wigs are women. <laughs> so you have to go along with the, with the doctrine no matter, no matter what. what. Yeah, exactly. It's like they have this liberal myth that's fused with their sacred science and their resulting mm -hmm. logic it just replaces <laughs> you know it replaces the reality of any true individual experience it's like none of it's like living in a fake world they're in like this alter reality i say that all the yeah. time they're literally they like on lsd on a trip somewhere else and like we're trying yeah. we're trying to reach them you know that's why i mean it, it's serious yeah it's the cult member too i think that they find themselves under such this uh this 
doctrine kind of dominated pressure that to change and to keep up and to constantly flog Mm. themselves that they're also Mm. kind of living in a hell struggling with their own nature. I think some of these liberals, they want to cut free. We have the liberating experience. We are liberating people. We have uh, the truth and the liberty on our side, right? And I think that some of them, they do struggle with that. A lot of these white people, uh, once the white guilt, they just, it hits rock bottom. I saw this article, where was it on, here we go, on the screen. Oh, on, that, yeah. Yeah, on, you know, New York Slimes, I think it was, you know, and this woman is talking about how I'm curled up in a ball of shame for my whiteness and I don't know what to do. I mean, it's just so pathetic. I thought it, that they were being trolled or something. And these two uh, white folks, well, one is a, uh, a Jewish man, and then another one is just a, a blonde kind of Nordic female, two fellow white people. And they're basically like kicking this person over the edge. Like, you're not self-hating enough, and you need to oh re- my God. A- awaken to this, and you need to admit this and this and this. I mean, it's just amazing how they just beat the crap out of each other even. It's oh, yeah. I mean, because they've they've gotten, I think there's nobody left on our side for them to beat up. We're, we're, we've calloused over. We don't care anymore what they say. So their little circles getting smaller. They're having to look at the outliers, like do their purity tests on their own people. Um, it's really bad in Canada. It's really bad. They're always looking for a writer that might have used. A, they, they go so far as to look for books where the writer, the author might have used an aboriginal character, let's say, in the book. <laughs> and the author is not aboriginal. And that's the whole cause for like two weeks of hysteria in the Canadian literati. You know, they'll they'll go after each other. They'll it becomes a huge drama. So their circle is getting smaller, like you say, and the pressure has got to be getting to a lot of them. Like uh, enough already, you know. Yeah, and we've seen too the the walk away movement here. Oh, I love a that. lot of Democrats are leaving, and I we've been saying that for a long time that a lot of liberals are going to get sick and tired of of being spat on and shat on. Yeah, <laughs> even though they're like doing all this work for these other people and standing up for the rights of these people and these people, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they're white and therefore privileged and therefore guilty and racist. So it's yeah. never really good enough. They'll never well, and, for it. Never big enough. And so a lot of these people are just like, okay, screw it. I'm done. I'm going to go yeah. on the other side. And I, I think that that's that's great for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the I, day. I, mean, I said a long time ago, I think it's going to take people getting their individual betrayals uh, to for, for them to wake up. Because anybody that was going to wake up two or three years ago was would have done it. Like if they were going to wake up on their own. At this point, they almost need to be betrayed somehow, like you say. Yeah. Um, I think of it also in terms of, say, a relationship, a bad relationship where the spouse is cheating, constantly cheating, and the, the, the other spouse is doing everything to improve themselves, you know, dressing nicer, losing weight, making nice meals, initiating sex, going on dates, doing everything, po- and the guy keeps cheating or the woman keeps cheating and cheating. One day, one day, they will pack their bags and leave, you know, yeah, and hopefully exactly. we're getting to that point now. Yeah, I think there is more more of that uh, for sure. So this last one is a big one. Dispensing of existence. The group has the per- prerogative to, to, to decide who mm-hmm. has the right to exist. I mean, this is just the ultimate totalitarianism, you know. Yeah. And you do see that with leftists, right? Oh, yeah. They're basically saying every other group of people has a right to exist, can have pride, uh, can be can love their own people except for us right <laughs> like we literally don't have a right to exist anymore and people are openly talking about oh it would be great if there was no more white people alive anymore right? yeah it's truly terrifying and i i think that there's probably a lot of white people i can only hope that there's a lot of white people who, who maybe aren't keeping track of this and haven't really noticed yet because if you've noticed it and you are okay with it 
we're in tr- we're in trouble. We need all white people to realize and call out and say that is genocidal. Yeah, you cannot talk like this. You cannot publish things like that. It's not even you don't even joke about stuff like that. You know, maybe in a comedy show. okay, but not in editorials in newspapers and not on college campuses. You just it's it's that's hate speech right there. Yeah, exactly. That's hate speech. That's racism. That's discrimination. But it never is when they do it. No, they're always interesting how that double standard. Yeah, Yeah, it's like they've they've made themselves God, really. They decide who has the right to exist or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other part of this is that the people not in the group, they they can be rejected if they're not converted. And if anyone should leave the group or be critical of the group, they must also be iced out. Well, who does that sound like? There's a lot of liberals who have disowned their own flesh and blood, their own family members yeah. for supporting Trump. Yeah, a I mean, lot. It's, not, it's not people who supported Trump or um, right-wingers who are getting rid of leftists in their family. It, it's just not. It, it's the other way around. And that is, I've been saying that for a long time. What kind of ideology cuts you off from your own family where you give up on your family and you say you are not welcome here anymore? The most extreme cults. Uh, that's the only groups that do that. I mean, even religions, uh, most religions, the exception I think of Islam, they don't make you, if you want to leave the religion, you can leave the religion. There's no requirement by the family to cut you off. There's no danger. It's fine. Uh, it's only the extreme totalitarian cults. And and like you say, it is not uncommon for the progressives and the liberals to excommunicate their family members, not talk to them, not let their kids associate with each other anymore. It's this close to ghettoizing and the whole Nazi nightmare all over again, uh, but with different groups, of course. Yeah, I just I, I just don't get that. Like, I am someone who no matter what my family's going through, I would always be there for them. You know, my sister mm-hmm. and I think completely different, but she actually loves me and is like, no, your family. And, you know, like, and I try yeah, and that's explain normal. That. Good for you. Yeah, you have that, normal that, family. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, like that's how it's supposed to be. But I yeah. hear from more people all over and over, marriages ending, yeah. parents excommunicating, people, wives not wanting their fathers to see their children anymore oh because of God. like, because of basic, basic, yeah, Trump and other like basic just right wing ideas that were right. just commonplace 30 years ago. It's just, I mean, that's when you know you're dealing with occult people. I mean, when they're excommunicating family entirely for their beliefs. Yeah. And it's not us doing it. It's not us saying, you're not welcome here if you, you know, talk about this or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's funny because it they love to draw the analogy. Oh, what about the Christians who, like, got rid of gays in their family? Like, that just doesn't happen anymore. So they have no. to reach, like, way back whenever for that. And know? I got to wonder how common it even was way back in the day. I mean, the parent-child bond is extremely strong. And I would think that that was only in the most, most devout of households. I don't know. And, of course, like, I support gay rights. I I'm, I'm, don't care who you love. Uh, but the, the comparison of what's happening between uh, – Trump supporters, I guess, if you want to say, and that, like you say, you have to go way back in history. You have to drag out an era that's long gone uh, and and compare it to today. It's They don't have an argument for today. Nobody no. else is doing that but them today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and then we can flip this around because there will probably be some leftists that watch this because they always do. And they try and say, well, you're the one who's in a cult. You're oh, the yeah. one who's uh, your yeah. mind controllers, you know. 
uh, our truth is real. And it's like, no, <laughs> the things that we're talking about are literally based in like flesh and blood, nature, natural law, human experience, history, biology. I mean, they're working in the realm of like ideals and ideas and things that have never actually quite been proven before. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I think the other thing is we there's there's no requirement to agree with every point. In fact, like, okay, make America great again. Let's just take that. If they want to say Trump is a cult leader and MAGA people are a cult. Um, make America great again is very vague. And recall when Trump was going to uh, drop the bombs on Syria. Remember? Mm -hmm. oh, a yeah. lot of people, MAGA people, a lot of pro-Trump people freaked out. They're not for that. Yeah. yeah. And this, yeah. the stuff he's doing with Iran now, the noises that are being made towards Iran uh, don't make me happy. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people opposed to that. Um, so and yet we're not kicking each other out. We're not disowning each other. We're not saying, well, you, you're not you have to agree with us. Mm. Nobody's doing that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. I, I acknowledge that it's tough to fight that argument because we're being supportive of the things that we hold dear and they think so are they, you know, so. Well, I think that as far as liberalism, this is a, a newer phenomena. I think a lot of the principles that we espouse have been ancient <laughs> since ancient times, you know, a family of love and bonds and nations and tribes and just uh, biology and being Not in touch yet. with nature and what works. Whereas they have these things that are, are new, are, are new and haven't been proven and just downright wacky in a lot of ways, you know, and as and, we and see a lot science of is, it, it really uh, lays it bare as well. They're yeah, not exactly. using actual science to back themselves up. I mean, yeah, and and even in terms of like multiculturalism and stuff, they keep they keep pushing this dream that it's going to be a big kumbaya fest if white people are gone and we just open the borders <laughs> into our countries. And of course, we don't see that in Brazil. We didn't see that in Egypt. We didn't see that in Rome. Like societies crumble when this happens. There is no nation without borders. You know, it just oh. it doesn't work. They're the ones who are fear based. Fear based. They're always like, "Why do you live in fear? Fear." They're the ones that are fear based. They literally think that if if white people have their own countries, it's going to be like a world holocaust and we're yeah. gonna want to go kill every non-white on the planet i mean talk about cuckoo you know yes they have so many false equivalencies like uh like just being uh proud of white heritage if you want to call it that i mean that's even such a misnomer right there i mean we have a million different cultures within the white uh that's right. you know yeah. uh, but being proud of any one of them to them means we think we are superior to everyone and we don't want them to have their own culture which is not not what we want at all. We just want to be able to have ours and not be ashamed of it and not pay the price for everything that went wrong in exactly. the entire universe. Exactly. Yeah. Things that all people have done, right? Conquest, war, right. Uh, slavery, Every like all peoples. And some people yeah. still do, I'd like to point out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Several places in the world. Yeah. Still do. yeah. So I wonder how many of these liberals like uh, Lifton, yeah, Lifton, uh, if we presented this to him, like, I wonder what he would say. You know, would he critique himself and some of his own views and some of the things that he pushes? Would he be open-minded enough or is he also stuck in his, his dogma? Well, I would love to talk to him, quite frankly. Um, I think he's very, very liberal. And I think, judging from what I've heard him say, he he's just been triggered, you know? And once somebody's triggered and they're answering from that emotional space, like all progressives do, it's really hard to get through it through to them. But hopefully, you know, now it's it's been a longer period of time. I don't know when you heard him 
talk about it. I, mine was over a year ago. Maybe in the fullness of time, he has changed his mind. I don't know. Hmm. I just uh, Googled him prior to the show and he's in his 90s now and hmm. he was on Democracy Now! talking about the dangers of Trump. So. Oh, <laughs> what a shame. But it just shows you, it just shows you that yeah. you can be an expert on it and still get sort of, because it's a frog in a boiling pot thing a lot of the time. There's a great video about cults being like an onion and uh, you know, the, the stuff's on the outside is okay. And you agree to that. And then they peel back the next layer. And it's a little bit weirder, mm. but you agree to that. And, and it, on it goes until the one day when they're going to give you the big reveal. And <laughs> I think the thing is people have to decide in that moment, okay, I've invested so much of myself in this. If I admit this part isn't true, it means I have to question everything I've done up exactly. to this point. They have too much invested. So it's exactly really difficult for them to pull away at that point. And maybe that's where Robert Lifton's at. I mean, his whole life's work, he might think, uh oh, it's going to get negated because I fell for this, you know? Yep. Yep. But yeah. the, the path of the noble man is honesty, right? Honesty and self reflection. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe for the next show, we should focus on, you know, how to rescue someone from a cult. I know you've been looking into that. And I actually have one of my best friends. She spent uh, six months in a wacky church. Oh, wow. <laughs> and actually, I've had a lot of conversations with her about this. And she really studied, you know, uh, deprogramming and went, went through it herself. And she likes to talk about those things That'd too. That'd be but, great. And that's um, something I don't know a lot about, but I'm anxious to learn. And yeah. Definitely, because I think we have to apply that on a, a on a bigger scale. Psychology is so important. We need to, I know there's a lot of people say, oh, a lot of psychology is just bullshit and there's a lot of riffraff and there's just a lot of pills. And that is true. Mm. But there is psychology that is true that actually is rooted in uh, just the human psyche, I think. What do yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. I, I think you're totally right. They have mastered it. If you start looking at you, well, you have, you'll see all the millions of pay there's got to be millions of papers from every different angle on how to make someone into an interjected personality or how to pull someone out of you know this or that or how to maneuver a person into accepting the unacceptable it's they they have all the tricks and they have all the technology and they have all the time and all the media you know it's an uphill battle for us to fight back and and yet they're so afraid. They're, you know, shutting down, trying to shut down outlets like ours and other people's. Even Alex Jones, you've seen just the full-on war on that guy. It's yeah. Just am it's just amazing. I know. I mean, it's like, what, he can't just talk about just conspiracy theories? I mean, the left's like he's peddling been doing all kinds for of 10 years, like, and all of a sudden yeah. it's an emergency today. Like, yeah, forget it. I, that's <sighs> awful to see. I'm completely, I'm pretty much a free speech absolutist. And I think of everybody course. should have the right to say whatever they want to say. I will decide whether I think it's BS or dangerous and I will act accordingly. Right. Mm. But like you said, um, like we said at the beginning, their false narrative is so fragile. The tiniest crack will make it all come crumbling down and they won't yeah. get those people back ever. Yep. If they wake up, they're done. And I think that their days are numbered, you know, just like communism. There was red terror for a long time and, mm -hmm. and it was just a, a lot of hell and torment. But in the end, it did crumble. It did fall. And I think that is going to happen here. So well, we're going to have a sooner a than later. I know. I hope. That's why I like when they put on the pressure fast and hard and heavy and just reveal their hands because it does make a lot of people see what's happening. Yeah, right that's now. true. Yeah, you're right. Well, Polly, thank you so much. I think this has been a good little crash course, kind of just uh, touching into some of these topics. I think it's a much needed conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm really uh, pleased to have been here today. We definitely need a part two on this one. Everyone, please share this video. Get it out and about. A special thanks to Red Ice members and supporters who make what we do possible. You guys are like a big, warm, fuzzy blanket, and we're so grateful for you. 
If you're not yet a part of the Red Ice family, head on over to RedIceMembers.com and click subscribe. And be sure to find us on social media while we're still there. But if something were to happen and we were removed from the various big tech platforms, always head over to RedIceMembers.com, our own platform. Lots more coming up. See you on the next one.